gaze at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the 49ers vs. Dallas Cowboys Wild Card Game Preview Show. This is going to be exciting, Alex. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, This is a part of the Friday Frenzy, and you are right in the middle of the Friday Frenzy. There's a lot more to come, but you do not want to miss this because our key matchups are coming up real soon. They are, and as soon as this video gets done premiering, if you miss the start of the Friday Frenzy, okay, head on back. Check out the Madden Sim and see what your 49ers did against the Cowboys in Wild Card Weekend. Did they come out with a big win? Did they drop the ball and lose? I don't know. You need to go check it out. Chat. Don't spoil it for them. Just, just tell them to go watch the video. It's fine. But Ant, let's hit the graphic. And boy, oh boy, do we have ourselves a huge matchup. And not only do we have Super Wild Card Weekend, not only, Ant, do we have... A huge, huge week of lock it up and, and six whole games to choose from. But we have a rivalry renewed. Niners, Cowboys in the playoffs, and a lot at stake here. Niners win. Yes, you 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 know continue that win streak. You get yet another win against a, a storied rival, Ant. But now you're prepping yourself to potentially go to Green Bay. But you gotta take care of this Cowboys team's for this team first. Offensively, that means scoring points, putting yourself in good positions. How can the 49ers do that? Uh, they got to establish a run game. I think that is what this 49ers offense you know, blueprint has been. And that ever since they started really turning the season around, it's been predicated on getting this run game going and finding a way to use that to then open up other areas of the offense to be able to attack. You've seen the emergence of Debo Samuel as just a do-it-all, anything-goes, put this guy in any situation, he's going to make it re- look really good for you. And, I mean, anytime you have a guy like him that can rush for nearly 400 yards but also have nearly 1,500 yards receiving. He's a dynamic weapon, and the 49ers have to get him involved as well. But establishing this run game is going to be key. That is going to be the, what you know dictates the tempo of this football game and ultimately decides you know, which team is going to have control. And if you're, if you're getting this run game going, you're going to have control. You're going to be able to control you know, how often the Dallas Cowboys get the ball and what you do with these drives. You are going to wear down that Dallas defense, and that's what you need to do. You need to get it going early on, so that way things open up in the secondary later on in the game. Hundred um, percent, running the football is is the identity of this offense. It what allow, it's what allows this offense to operate. And Jimmy Garoppolo is is a key cog in that because he gets them in and out of calls. He flips plays. He Oscar Oscars. He can cans. He kills kills, um, and he puts the Niners in the right positions in the right situations. Um, and then on top of that, you have an O line that is just built for this. They are built to be a run blocking team. They are built to have success. And they've done it time and time again. Trent Williams, um, hopefully back into the fold. We're thinking and, and leaning that way. And Trent has even said as much. He plans to play. That's a huge thing for, yep. the, thing for the 49ers. And Tom Compton grading out as the, the best tackle in football, not named Trent Williams at the right tackle spot. And, um, and, and having himself one heck of a year. Daniel Brunskill continuing to, to build. Alex Mackman playing phenomenal. But let's let's be real here. The key cogs, the key cogs other than the guys on the O-line, have been... Kyle Juszczyk and and George Kittle and what they do and what they add in the running game is is so pivotal. It's why the Niners have found the success that they've had is the the diversity of ways in which Kyle Shanahan can use them. Yes, you can get them at the second level, but you can put them one-on-one on the outside and set the edge 
uh, crash guys inside, wham blocks, pulling them at times, sending them in motion to cut, you know, backside DNs coming across formation trying to make plays. They are so dynamic. They are so versatile. Um, they really make this team tick. Yeah, they do. And so what it does is it makes it hard for you to defend because you put yourself in a situation where you can stop an outside play and then all of a sudden they kick you out and run inside. You add the way that the 49ers have also been changing the way they pitch the football. They used to pitch it outside on these wide sweeps and allow Elijah Mitchell to get outside. They still do that. But now they'll do like somewhat of a little half pitch as well. And he'll have the decision to make. He can either continue you know, to that side of the field and find an angle inside the end where they're running off tackle. Or he can cut back against the grain. They have both things available and all he has to do is read it. And his vision is what has allowed the 49ers to do this. So there's a dynamic, you know, area where the 49ers can continue to attack and it puts stresses on a defense. You do one thing to take something away and they can attack you in another area. So you want to widen out to take away those outside zone and outside sweeps. Um, then we're going to find a way to get off tackle and get up inside of you. Uh, if you decide to take away the middle and, and that interior game, then we're going to get outside on the edge. You want to bring six guys to the line of scrimmage? That's fine. We're going to kick you in and run outside and you're not going to have the linebacker help and you're going to have to count on a safety to tackle Elijah Mitchell in space. And right now, so far... Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel, who's been a big part of this run game, have proven to be very difficult to tackle and have gotten some explosive runs, um, breaking tackles, breaking arm tackles. It takes more than one guy to bring these guys down, and that is what establishes an attitude in these football games. Attitude is huge when you get to the playoffs, because if you can establish that bully mentality and get after them in a big way, I don't care what Parsons says about bully mentality, um, everyone thinks they're tough until they get punched in the mouth. Ask Mike Tyson. Uh, so that's what it's about. That's what it, that's what the 49 are going to have to do in this game. But you're right. Creative ways to do that is one of the key you know, key reasons why they're going to be a beast to deal with. Uh, Van Der Esch and all those guys, good luck finding the open windows. If they can stop the 49ers running game, they have potential to win the game. But that's a big if. Look, uh, that that is the case. Um, and Micah Parsons' comments about, you know, he's from Harrisburg, Ant. Uh, he's used to dealing with bullies. Well, I, I really hate to break it to Micah Parsons. I, I like his mentality. I like his mindset. But we're not talking about one bully. We're talking about 11. We're talking about 11 bullies. And one man, uh, one man is not going to be a bully stopper of 11 other guys. It's yeah. just not going to be the case. So if you're Micah Parsons, you better instill that into the rest of your team. Because uh, if you don't, 11 bullies are coming for you. And you may get one. Uh, you may get a couple. But you're not going to get all 11 guys. And if you don't get all 11, that's going to be a problem. You're eventually going to get rolled over and mowed over. Um, and listen, uh, you're a man. And... That there's only so many times you can get up. He's there's only man. so many times. Yeah, he is a man. Um, but there's only so many times that he can get up from that kind of beating. Jonathan Moxon is just one man. Uh, that's all I can think about when he said he's a man. Just um, one man. Just one man. And you're right. It, it, that's the thing. It wears on you. It wears on you. Um, you know, and we saw some things in and in, in video and film that you know tend to make us think as well that they run some IO coverage. Yep. Um, and that IO coverage it can be susceptible to being kicked out and the 49ers running underneath. Um, so there's going to be decisions to make out there in the secondary. You saw what happened with the Los Angeles Rams. Jalen Ramsey had to commit to helping stop the run game. And when he did, Jawan Jennings was open for a big touchdown. So when you have to commit so much help to the run game, it opens up avenues for this pass game to be successful. We know Jimmy Garoppolo is super successful over the middle, getting the ball to these receivers True. and letting them run after the catch. You add the fact that the Dallas Cowboys are one of the worst in the league against defending you know, people, once they've caught the ball in the run after the catch area, Accurate. it seems to be a real issue for Dallas. We'll see if they can turn that around and tackle, you know, these 49ers ball carriers. Um, It doesn't seem to be something that's worked so far, and it's going to be something to watch in this football game because if the 49ers are able to establish this run game and then create a void in the center of the field, 
where Jimmy Garoppolo can get the ball to his playmakers. You might not just have big chunk plays, but absolute touchdowns and huge plays that change the momentum and change the look of this football game. What have the Cowboys done really well defensively? Yeah, they've, they've well not let teams score touchdowns in the red zone. But it's not because teams don't get into the red zone, because teams are scoring long touchdowns on the Cowboys. That's the reality of the situation. When the Cowboys are giving up points, um, they're giving up long touchdowns. They're giving up big plays and things of that nature. Um, and sometimes that means that they don't get a lot of opportunities in the red zone. Now, they've had success in the red zone, but uh, rubber's going to meet the road here because you have one of the best red zone defensive teams in preventing touchdowns and one of the best offensive scoring teams in the red zone, the 49ers, who score touchdowns. So, yes, the Cowboys have had success in that area, but when the Niners get down there, will that be the case this Sunday? It's going to be going to be tough to see. Here's the problem for the Cowboys, Ant. The Niners can just straight up run it three or four times in the red zone and get themselves close enough that on the fourth and inches, you can just quarterback sneak it in with Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's going to be a much different matchup for this Cowboys team, but it all comes down to key matchups offensively and the Niners executing. What was yours, Ant? Uh, my offensive key matchup is going to be this 49ers run game, a surprise, surprise against the Dallas Cowboys front seven. I think this is the key to the game. And as you can see, I put 44 problems because Debo Samuel is a big part of this run game. You add him with Elijah Mitchell and they just create a lot of problems for any defense you add to the fact that this 49ers offense is built for the run. Kyle Juszczyk, who happens to be number 44, and George Kittle. And all of a sudden, you've got a very dynamic run game. And it's so dynamic because it's so diverse. You don't know what's coming. It could be outside zone. It could be a gap scheme. It could be an ISO. Um, they can do all kinds of different things with the wham and the pools, and they can run sweeps outside. There's not one thing that they do well. They do it all well. Whenever you diversify a run game, you put so much stress on a defense. All of a sudden, they're thinking about bringing an eighth guy into the box. And then pretty soon, it's not just an eighth guy, but it's the corners getting involved and helping set the edge. Anytime this happens, you're going to create avenues for other things to open up. And also, if you overcommit or fly to the ball like the Houston Texans were doing, it created areas where they could run counter plays. And those were huge. Like we just talked about with a little half toss, you get that ball to Elijah Mitchell, let him decide. You want to fly over to one side of the field and take that away? Good luck. I'm going to hit, put my foot in the ground. I'm going to cut back against the grain. Follow somebody who's definitely pulling, whether it's Kittle <laughs> or Kyle Juszczyk or an offensive lineman. And with there no, being no Aaron Donald, it can be offensive lineman this week. The running game is going to take an uptick. I'm telling you right now. If the Cowboys want to go to that set that they have been running, where they're going to put these defensive linemen in more of a wide nine scheme, the 49ers are going to kick them out, run right inside of them, and take advantage of it. So it's going to be an exciting game. It's going to be an exciting matchup. But I think the 49ers have an advantage in the run game. If Dallas can stop him and change that, then they have an opportunity to win. But if they can't, the 49ers are going to absolutely run them over, and you're going to start having feelings of 49ers versus Green Bay NFC Championship game in 2019. The difference in this Cowboys team from other Cowboys teams in the past is not what people think. Because what people think is, is this team is just better offensively and better defensively. And I don't necessarily believe that to be the case. The difference between this Dallas Cowboys team and Dallas Cowboys teams of the past is this Dallas Cowboys team took care of business in a weekend of East. That's what this Dallas Cowboys team did. It ran through the Washington football team, it ran through the Philadelphia Eagles, and it ran through the New York Giants. And when you run through all of those teams, you don't lose a game in your division, Ant. Well, you just have to be mediocre against everybody else. And that's what they did to get to 12 wins. Two more wins, mind you, than the 49ers. You know what? None of those teams did really well, Ant. Run the football effectively, efficiently. Um, and the Niners have that in, in spades, which is why I think if the Niners are going to get their, their run game opened up. And, and now it comes down to, can the Niners in the past game execute? And they take care of business. And that's why my key matchup is Brandon Ayuk, 7v11, or as you put it, Ant, here, 7-11, open or closed, 
against Trayvon Diggs. This is a huge matchup for the 49ers. Um, and I'm saying this, and I know a lot of people are like, well, Trayvon Diggs on Brandon Ayuk. Why wouldn't he be on Debo Samuel? Well, folks, I don't know if you know this or not, but Debo Samuel lines up everywhere. He'll line up outside, he'll motion into the backfield. He'll start in the backfield, motion into the slot. Start in the backfield, motion out wide. If you're Trayvon Diggs and you are, are Dan Quinn, and you decide early in this football game you want to go man, well, great. Kyle Shanahan's just going to use motion, reveal the man coverage, and, oh, I guess we're going to can-can into this run play with Debo Samuel. And now you have Trayvon Diggs lined up outside on a tight end or a Kyle Juszczyk, a, a position where oh, you're just matched up against someone who's going to block you in space. That's not a good thing for the Dallas Cowboys, which is why I think they're going to avoid that matchup as much as possible. If Debo motions out, well, then that's fine. You can have him go out there and cover in space. You know you know roughly where he's going to be, at least where he's starting, and, and ideally what his route concept would be. But at the end of the day, you're not going to get a lot of those situations. You get a lot of Debo motioning, a lot of BA motioning. Um, and so you're going to put him more likely than not on Brandon Ayuk more times than not because Brandon Ayuk tends to be a wide receiver role. He's not in the backfield. He's not moving all over the place. Trayvon Diggs is a little bit more in a stationary role. And he's, in a, he's in a better position there. Um, but I do agree with you that I think the, the Cowboys are going to go a little bit more cover three. And if that happens, BA has shown. If teams are going to run zone, he is masterful with his route running, getting into the open spot and sitting in the soft spot of the zone. And if they're heavily focusing on Debo Samuel, which I expect them to do a little bit early in this game, and the Niners run game is going, well then BA and George Kittle are going to have to have themselves an opportunity here. And look, um, when BA is matched up with Trayvon Diggs, he has shown he is susceptible to getting beat with double moves. He's going to give up yards after the catch. So if they're sitting him in cover three ant and you're able to get the ball to BA running in space, uh, that, that could mean big, huge problems for the Dallas Cowboys defense. Yeah, and as soon as you get this run game going and you know that they're in a cover three, all of a sudden you just move the linebackers with your eyes or with an RPO look and get the ball to Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel um, screaming across the middle on a slant pass. And then they all they got to do is make people miss. And next thing you know, you have a huge play. It all works hand in hand, and it's all going to be a part of loosening up Dan Quinn's defense. Dan Quinn might want to come in you know, and run man coverage. If so, you're going to see bunch sets. You're going to see mesh concepts. And they're going to run people across the middle where they can rub and get George Kittle open. Uh, so there's going to be opportunities there. And George Kittle's a huge matchup in this game because even though the Rams went in and decided a lot of times to put Jalen Ramsey on him and help take him away, at times they didn't. And when they didn't, you know, he got open. Uh, George Kittle's a matchup issue for the Dallas Cowboys. There's a lot of matchup issues for the 49ers offense. I'm sure Dallas is going to have matchup issues, you know, for the 49ers as well when they get to offense. Absolutely. Um, but I think that this is one of those games where you saw – in the Rams game, they use Debo Samuel on, okay, Jalen Ramsey's going to cover Debo outside. Okay, we'll put Debo even farther outside, take Jalen Ramsey out there, and then hit Jawan Jennings on a one-on-one -on -one route. Um, there's so many things you can do, and I don't believe this Dallas Cowboys secondary is even as good as the Rams secondary. Um, I don't think Diggs is as good as Ramsey. I don't think Rapp is as good. or they don't, Their safeties aren't as good as Rapp. I think they're just... Not the, not as good. I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. Their linebacker they're plays, playoff caliber, but they're not they're not that good. And their linebacker play is better than the Rams. So it, it, linebacker plays phenomenally better than the Rams. Um, that's not saying much. Though. No, the Rams. The Rams. Yeah, I mean, Reader literally fell down. I don't know if you saw that. He did. He literally looked like he was taking a bump in wrestling by himself. Uh, he just threw himself back. It looked like along the sidelines. Uh, you won't see that from Van Der Esch. He'll be playing well. Micah Parsons will be flying around trying to make tackles. But Micah Parsons is a little bit more like Isaiah Simmons, who the 49ers go against a lot. Um, he is a dynamic player. But we already saw Isaiah Simmons can't cover George Kittle one-on-one. -on -one. No. That is not a matchup Dan Quinn's going to want to go one-on-one. -on -one. And, and Leighton Van Der Esch, I, I don't see that being a positive thing for them in coverage. 
against no, George Kittle. That, that is the issue is those linebackers and coverage. They're going to be good against the run. But the problem is what kind of run fits are they going to have to operate on? We saw against the Arizona, Arizona could spread them out and then run the ball up the middle. Well, now the 49ers are going to bring you in and run right at you. And they were able to get a push, uh, Ant, with, with, in those spread sets. They were basically washing the D-line over and getting up to linebackers. Yeah. Um, the Niners are one of the better teams in the league at you know securing first level and getting up to second level and, and making their blocks there. So if your first level guys aren't winning, it doesn't matter how good your linebacker core is. The Niners linebacker core was, was great early in the season. Um, when they were somewhat healthy. And, you know, there was a difference when Kinlaw was out there to when DJ Jones was out there and Eric Armstead was out there. And you had two guys in the interior that were fully healthy and able to not just take on double teams, but beat double teams. Um, if they can't beat double teams at the front at the point of attack and they can't win one-on-one, the Niners are going to have a lot of success in that. But look, let's move to the other side of the football because there are two sides of the ball and there are two two sides of this game. And it's shockingly enough. Yeah. There's actually three sides if you three aspects of the game if you include special teams. Correct. But but we won't go there right now. Let's focus on the defense and let's focus on what the this Cowboys team is going to try and do because I think you and I both agree. The Cowboys are going to think about coming out and establishing the run. They're going to want to come out and get the running in going a little bit because it opens up so much of the pass game for them. However, can they get that done against the Niners front seven? And we say front seven, don't expect D'Amico Ryans to throw an additional guy into the box. They don't want to do it. If the Niners can stop with seven, then that allows you to keep two safeties deep, you know, protect, um, well, you don't really need to protect Emmanuel Mosley, but keep protection for Emmanuel Mosley and definitely help Ombre Thomas out a little bit more in space. Um, but listen, one of the nice things for the 49ers, potentially Aziz Alshair, Fred Warner, and Dre Greenlaw all out in the field. If they decide to go two tight end sets and they decide to load up and try and run against the Niners, the Niners for the first time all season since week one are going to have all basically their, their strongest front seven they've had all year. Yeah, it'll actually be this probably pretty much the starting defense minus Jason Verrett. Um, and that has got to be a, a little bit of a nerve wracking situation for Dallas. They definitely want to establish the run game, but can they establish the run game? Um, my key matchup in this football game is going to be the 49ers defensive front seven against the Dallas Cowboys run game. Um, and I put Zeke up there. I mean, I think it comes down to Zeke. And it says right there, 21 held to three by seven. Um, if this front seven can hold Zeke to around three yards a carry, the, the Cowboys are going to abandon the run. They're going to go away from it. They can't keep that up consistently. You saw in the last game against the Rams, uh, the Rams wanted to stay with the run game. They wanted to do that so bad. They were itching for it. The problem was they couldn't get anything going. This 49ers defense absolutely engulfed the run game of the Rams. And that's the thing. Dallas has to be able to establish the run game. If they can't, the 49ers, like you said, are going to keep the two deep safety look. Um, they're going to stop this you know, front with, with seven guys. And they're going to put a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott because then they can start confusing him. They can start bringing blitzes or just sitting back and making him you know, make quick reads. I think this is going to be fun for the 49ers. Anytime you have two deep safeties, it means it takes a little bit extra time. Anytime it takes a little bit extra time, that means the pass rush has more time to get home. And that's really what you want. So, yeah, stop the run game for the Dallas. Because if Dallas gets a run game going, it will open their play-action pass. It will open up Dak Prescott being able to move the pocket and get to the outside where he can create issues. And they do have dynamic playmakers on the outside with C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and even Cedric Wilson from time to time. Uh, so taking advantage of those guys will be an option for them if they can get the run game going. If not, it will get more difficult. I also see what you did there, Ant. We're a math podcast, if you weren't, weren't aware. <laughs> uh, number 21, Ezekiel Elliott, divided by the 49ers front seven, does come out to about three yards a carry, Ant. Mm -hmm. So 
tip of the hat to you, my good sir, keeping the kiddos up to date with their <laughs> mathematical skills. Um, but look, that, that I think that is the, the key. If the Niners are able to accomplish that and establish that, and D'Amico Ryans is able to successfully make that the case, right? And that Zeke and Pollard or whoever else is back there running the ball, um, if you're not picking up more than a few yards of carry, there isn't a lot to do in the run game. Um, and more often than not, you're going to be relying on your, your quarterback's arm in order to extend plays or, or get you there and, and get those first downs. Um, and as Jay Hill said on faceoff, Ant, um, basically the numbers favor you in those situations. If you're third and six, third and seven, third and eight, third and twelves, more often than not, eventually those numbers are going to start swinging in the favor of the team who's forcing the third and longs. Um, so the Niners definitely need to get that done in a big way. The front seven um, is big and the front four has got to be able to accomplish that, Ant. But my key matchup can play a role in that as well. And that is... Fred Warner and Trey Greenlaw running down and shutting down Zeke and Pollard, both in the run game and in the pass game. If your front four is having success beating double teams, if they're not able to get up to second level and Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are able to freely come up and make tackles for loss or tackles right at the sticks or right at the line of scrimmage, excuse me, then you're going to put them in these third and long situations. And then it's about being able to cover in space. And having Dre Greenlaw back in the fold with Fred Warner makes this a whole heck of a lot easier because you can blitz Fred. You can also have Fred spy. You can also have Fred cover. Um, you can have him cover Dalton Schultz. You can have him cover, um, you know, I forget the other, why am I blanking? Jarwin, Blake Jarwin, the other tight end. And you can have Dre Greenlaw covering a speedy Tony Pollard or Zeke coming out of the backfield. That is a positive for the 49ers. It is not a negative. It is a good thing for them to be able to have these options and have both of these guys out there in space. Um, it's, it's, this is, this is huge. The front four coming into its own and coming Samson Ebicom developing and showing how much of a dominant force can be in the run game and, and then showing flashes as well as a pass rusher, Nick Bosa being Nick fricking Bosa, Eric Armstead eating interior defensive linemen. And then whether it's Contavious Street, whether it's Charles Amenahue, Arden Key coming in, who has been an, an un, one of the not unsung. He's definitely been sung by 49ers fans and, and Kaseric for what he has done um, with this team since moving into the interior as a pass rusher. But this is a problem up front. If you're not able to get this run game going and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are able to have success against those two coming out of the backfield, then it is all on Amari Cooper. It is all on CeeDee Lamb. It is all on Cedric Wilson. It is all on Dalton Schultz to be darn near perfect every time that they're out there because one of them needs to get open. One of them has to win, whether it's zone or man, for Dak to have any success. Yeah, I mean, Dak is a special player, so he can get some things done. Absolutely. Um, But it makes it more difficult when one area of your team is completely shut down. Uh, so you're right. If if this can get taken away, if they can take away this run game, they can take away these backs in the pass game as well. It'll it'll make it so Dak has to get the ball down the field. You know, he can go with these rhythm passes that he did against the Cardinals against their zone. Um, But what's he going to do when it comes down to third and seven, third and eight, because you were trying to run the football, and all of a sudden the 49ers are in a cover one, and Jimmy Ward is up there you know, pressing said Wilson. Uh, then or CD Lamb or whoever's in the slot, it's going to change things up a little bit. You have K1 Williams back, they can give help to Ombre Thomas, and Emmanuel Mosley can man up most of the time. Uh, if you have whoever has Amari Cooper, is probably going to get a little bit of help. That's why it's so important for the 49ers to you know get after them early on and stop this run game. If they can, they can pin their ears back with this defensive line. Uh, the defensive line switched from a little bit of a wide nine to moving in just a little bit. Um, I almost want to call it a wide eight and a half. It's kind of what it is at this point, and I like it. I think it's helped with the run game, uh, but you're right. Samson, Ebucom, and those guys have been establishing, setting the edge. have been doing it at an all-time level. In fact, that first-team unit is, in my opinion, the best you know defensive line in the league. Um, it's been, top to bottom, one of the best groups. They've proven it over the last eight to nine weeks. I think it continues in this game, but 
Um, it's not going to be no easy thing because Zeke can still get it done. Pollard can still get to the outside with a quick, you know, quick. And then we got to remember Dak Prescott, if they decide to use his legs, if they decide to run any sort of read option in this game, he could be a problem in that area. The only thing is, do they want him taking hits? Because Dre Greenlaw gets a hold of him one time, he will get taken to Suplex City. Um, and they won't be worried about his leg. They'll be worried about the rest of his body because he's going to get taken down in a hard way. Uh, Dre does not play. He's going to be coming after him in a big way. And then you, also you got... Oh, sorry, that all rhymed. Whoa. Well, without even trying. Man. No, you weren't. You um, literally were well, trying. You're, when you brought up about Fred Warner, I wanted to kind of talk about this. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw being able to play in coverage. With Aziz, then you can leave him in the middle and let him play against the run game. Uh, that is a, That would be a nice thing for them to be able to do. So it would be nice to have them all back. But uh, yeah, the 49ers defense seems to match up well. I do worry about these outside receivers, C.D. Lamb I and think, Amari Cooper against I think that's the 49ers the, corners. That's the biggest concern, right? It's the yeah. biggest the biggest worry is the speed on the outside with you know how talented both both guys are. Um, they get open. They're they're great route runners. Um, and C.D. seems to be slowly figuring it out with with Dak Prescott timing, getting open, ball placement being in the right spot. And Amari Cooper has, has said, you know, hey. Um, you know, I need more targets. You guys want me to do more things. I, I need the ball more. Will that have an impact coming into this playoff game? Will Dak feel like he needs to force feed him a little bit? That's the case. That could play well for the 49ers because you can put, you know, Amari in situations or Dak in situations where he feels like he needs to go to his his weapon, his his guy who wants to make plays and give him an opportunity. And then Irish can roll coverage over there and, and bracket him a little bit. Um, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. Dak doesn't seem like the kind of guy that will do that. He does like to spread the ball around. He will go to different areas of the field. But we've also seen that if he thinks blitzes are coming, Ant, he will make quick decisions. And if he guesses wrong on where those blitzes are coming from or that a blitz is even coming to begin with, that could spell problems for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Yeah, he will throw into coverage. He'll throw, you know, he'll give you an opportunity to make a play. Um, sometimes he just doesn't see linebackers and stuff underneath. He's kind of Jimmy Garoppolo in some cases yep. uh, where a linebacker will kind of escape him because he's going with his pre-snap read. And then, you know, all of a sudden, boom, there he is. So there is opportunities for the 49ers to confuse him. And, yeah, through blitz especially. If you get after him with the blitz, he wants to get rid of the ball right where the blitz is coming from. You disguise it the right way, and he's trying to get that ball out. Um, at times, you can jump that and make a big play. We'll see how the 49ers attack it. I'm sure D'Amico Ryans has a great game plan for Dak Prescott, as the 49ers have been used to playing against these very skilled quarterbacks that are in the nfc west whether it's matthew stafford's throwing or kyler murray and russell wilson with all the things they can do with extending the play and the deep balls um they're going to be equipped for handling dak prescott you throw in the fact you have trey lance to practice against he's going to give them a very good look of what dak prescott is going to be able to do and so they're going to be very very equipped this first team to be able to handle what dak can do and what this cowboys offense can 100 i think that's one of the the more underappreciated things that the Niners have going for them right now. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo is your starting quarterback, and everyone may feel like Trey's not doing anything on the field, but Trey, what he does preparation-wise for this defense, running the scout team, running the quarterback spot, uh, being able to emulate some of these mobile, more mobile quarterbacks, as well as Ant, the rocket arm, um, it really forces this defense to play at a high level and gives them the best possible look that he can get. Uh, no other team in the league is getting this kind of look in practice. Yeah. I don't think so. Nope. Um, and, you know, C.D. Lamb and Brandon Ayuk are pretty equivalent as well. Yeah. Uh, I think anything that C.D. Lamb can do, that Brandon Ayuk can do it as well. So you're used to playing against him. I don't know if there is a 49ers wide receiver, though, that can emulate what Amari Cooper does. Probably not. Uh, Amari Cooper is a dynamic player. Uh, but the good news is, you you know, that's one guy, right? And you've played against great ones because you just played against, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. and you played Cooper against Jamar Cup. Chase. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've played against Cooper Cup. you played against yes. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. You have played against countless 
wonderful wide receivers. Um, you know, every team in the NFC West wide receiver position is pretty stout top to bottom. Um, they got weapons all over the place, whether it was Robert Woods early in the year for the Rams, and the Niners never actually officially had to face him because I think he went down with an injury the game the day before, the, the two, week a couple before, days before, yeah. 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 Um, but the Niners have faced talented wide receivers all season long, and you face tough quarterbacks all season long, and then you're practicing against an upcoming great quarterback in Trey Lance each and every week who's able to emulate a lot of these things and give you these looks. I think this is one of the more underappreciated things. I think it's why the Niners have been so prepared coming into games and why the defense really hasn't let any game this year, not a single one, get away from them. Are you worried about Amari Cooper, a one-on-one with Aubrey Thomas? Because the yeah. 49ers haven't moved, you know, they're not moved, they left Emmanuel Mosley on one side and Aubrey Thomas on the other side for the entire game. I'm a little bit worried about it. Um, well, listen, I don't know why the the Rams didn't have more situations where Cup or OBJ was going one-on-one with him. Um, they tried it late in the football game. It ended up biting him in the butt because Stafford was throwing off of his back foot with pressure coming in his face, and, you know, Ombre's able to, to win it, win that matchup. But they went after him early. They went after him early with Tyler Higby, of all people. Um, and, and they had some success early in that football game going at Ombre Thomas. Um, you could go the physical route with Amari Cooper, who's not necessarily the, the biggest burner in the world. He's not slow by any means. But he is a physical wide receiver, and he is good at getting separation and winning. Um, I wonder how many times we see situations where they run cover three if Ombre Thomas is out there with with a with an Amari Cooper out in space. I don't expect it to be a lot. Yeah, it's got to be certain situations. Uh, the one thing it does too is it will help Dak Prescott as well because he'll know in those situations they're probably going to have safety help, so he'll be able to navigate. You maybe get CD, you know, Lamb up in a skinny post up the up the seam. Uh, so this is going to change the matchups. I think K1 Williams will help a little bit, you know, negate that. But yeah, this is going to be an interesting matchup. That is one that I'm concerned about because I think Emmanuel Mosley will hold up well against both wide receivers. Agreed. But I am worried about Ombre Thomas. Not so much. I mean, I know he's made some plays. And he's, he's, and he's made strides. This isn't yeah. to say that he's not yeah. capable. He's, he's a rook going against two very, very good wide and receivers. And a very veteran, crafty wide receiver in Amari Cooper who has seen it all in this league. He has seen it all in this league. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be a tough matchup for Aubrey Thomas. If the D-line's able to get pressure, though, and able to get in, that's going to negate a lot of it, and Aubrey doesn't have to play perfect, and he just has to play good enough because those throws, every single one of them from Dak, will have to be perfect. Is Dak capable? Yes, but Dak is also capable of making errors and and, and having some problems and some issues. Um, look, those are the key matchups. That's what we think needs to happen for this 49ers team. They can take care of and stop the run, slow down uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, and with their linebacking play and with the front seven, then you're going to have success there, Ant. That, there, Ant. But you want to know what else has success, Ant? You know what else leads to big 49ers wins? While that's bold predictions coming true. Now, that wasn't the case against the Rams. And it wasn't the case the week before. You know, we've had a couple weeks this year where the Niners have hit while that's bold predictions, and every time... I hit in Houston. You did hit in Houston. Every time it happens, Ant, the Niners win a football game. So let's see if we can get a couple right this week. Ladies and gentlemen, cut back crew of all ages. It's time for Wow, That's Bold. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh my goodness gracious, and it is wow. That is bold time. Whoa, it's really bold. Offensively. For the 49ers against the Cowboys on Sunday in the wild card. Rivalry restored. I'm being dramatic. What do you got for your offensive wild that's bold? I got the 49ers scoring four touchdowns. One by Debo. Oh my. One by Elijah Mitchell. Okay. One by Brandon Ayuk. That's three. 
One by George Kittle. Holy cow. A touchdown for everybody. Yep. What is this, Thanksgiving? Might what are well you? Be. Are you it Oprah? Is the Cowboys. Are you Oprah? Yeah, you get, you a, get touchdown. a touchdown. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. My yeah. goodness gracious, Ant. If I could have squeezed one in for Jawan Jennings, I would have done it. My word almighty. Four tutties, Ant. Four tutties. For four different gentlemen there. That's a, I like that. That's a good, bold prediction, Ant. But I got one for you behind, too. Mm. The Niners. We're going to come out and establish the run game. Going to bring those guys in the box. And we know that the Cowboys are second to last in the league, I believe is what it is. 31st in the NFL. And allowing rack. Yak. However you want to call it. You want to call it yak, call it yak. You want to call it rack, call it rack. But they're 31st in the league. And we have the yak bros. And you know what that means, Ant? Do you know what that means? Cowboys, do you know what that means? It means you're going to give up 325 passing yards to the 49ers and two tutties. One to Brandon Ayuk and one to George Kittle. So, Ant, I covered two of your touchdowns, which means Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel now confirmed rushing touchdowns. You're welcome, cutback crew. Uh, but 325 yards, and a lot of it is going to be rack. So all the people who think Jimmy Garoppolo invented rack and yak, get ready because he's about to show you what the king of yak looks like this Sunday. Yeah, I think that's, that's actually a possibility. He went for 316 last week. It's true. Um, as long as the, there's two touchdowns and no interceptions, I'm fully down with whatever you just threw down. It's also probably a 49ers win because the Niners don't lose when they don't turn the football over. Or at least when it's, it's there's no turnover margin that they're losing. Also, um, against also the Rams, true. it got even. And once it got you know once it's even, the 49ers have an opportunity to win. Accurate, Ant. Very accurate indeed. But from offense, we got to go to defense, Ant. And my defensive, while that's bold, is a doozy because I believe that the San Francisco 49ers are going to force two fumbles for Dak Prescott having to hold on to the football because they have to get away from the run game. They just have to pass, Ant. You got to get back into it. The Niners got up early, and the run game's not doing jack diddly squat. So the Niners are able to force two fumbles, Ant. And two of those fumbles, all, all of them are forced off of sacks, Ant, because they have five of them. Five sacks. Book it! Book it! Well, they did five sacks last week. True. Eric Armstead at two and a half. So it's, true. Um, it's a possibility. And if you, like you said, if they take away the run game, they're, they're able to go back after. Back to back. Yeah. If they're able to get after Dak Prescott, that's a possibility. Last year's Wild That's Bold for me was that Eric Armstead would have two sacks in the game, and he did. Um, so I think that you are on the right target there. Um, I went a different route, and Ooh. I'm doing something I did against the Houston Texans. I, when I was against the Houston Texans, I said, hey, they're going to be under 35%. Um, in fact, I said 34%, and they ended up being 33% on uh, conversions on third, you know, third, round, third down uh, efficiency. Yeah. Um, I think that I'm going back to third down. And I think this one, I think Dallas Cowboys have a little bit more success, but I have the Dallas Cowboys converting at a 39%. Um, rate and the 49ers getting a lot of stops on third down getting off the field and ultimately that helps them win the game and if that happens the Niners are able to get off the field on third downs and and prevent the the Cowboys from extending drives and aren't shooting themselves in the foot and DPIing their way into uh, bad situations this this could be a route yeah, it could be. Could I think be. I think it's all about you know getting off the field and giving your offense the the ball again. If the 49ers establish this run game and then get extra opportunities um, to dominate you know, with offensive possessions, it, it could it could turn into a long game quick, and that'll be what's going to be tough for that Dallas defense hanging in there. I'm hoping this happens. It doesn't mean it will, 
Because if Dallas, you know, flips the script on this and is able to stop the 49ers run game and, and they, run the ball themselves and run the ball themselves, they can definitely walk away with a big victory. Um, because I don't want to count them out. I think they're a good team. They're a very, very talented football team, man. They're a great football team. Um, there's a reason they have 12 wins on the season. Um, and it's not because they're scrubs. It ain't that. Uh, yeah. yeah, you may have played in the NFC least, but you still had to win games outside of it, and they did do that, Ant. And now it's time for my least favorite part of this episode because I should be what this what this part of the episode should be, Ant, was me slinging that championship belt over my shoulder, celebrating a lock it up win, and then us just picking playoff games. That's what this segment was supposed to be. But you know what? A certain someone over over here, this editor guy. Absolutely screwed the pooch, Ant. He overcounted games. He gave me a false sense of security. He gave you guys, you and the Steves both, a false sense of lack of hope and screwed up, lock it up in the finish. Mm. Luckily for him, we're all gentlemen around here and we're going to make the best of a bad situation. And I'm not selfish enough, Ant, to want to hold on to the crown and not give you guys an opportunity to fairly compete for this thing. Um, Selfish enough. I would have came and ripped it from your... Your dead cold hands at that point. Um, you did not deserve that championship, sir. I didn't deserve it only because certain somebody over here screwed it up. Yeah. Right. So they, they messed it up. The, the, the last two weeks went a little bit of awry. A little bit awry. But listen, we're, we're all on, we're on the right track. Though. We're all on the right track. And yes. all of us have agreed to this, and all of us are excited about this super wild card weekend edition of Lock It Up. Six games, six opportunities. For, for someone, someone's team that they picked to drop the ball and completely ruin their chances. And maybe a Steve's to push you off the mountain. He kind of called it. That it's not going to be next season. It could be right now <laughs> at this moment. All right, you guys aren't going to get in my head. It's a fresh slate for all of us. All of us are technically zero and zero in, and the only thing that matters is six, six games. Nothing it's, else it matters. It's playoffs. It's playoffs, and it's win or go home. We're going to find out who wins this week and lock it up. Let's get to this thing. Hold on, hold on a second. What? Where's the, uh, Steve's? He's got to make his picks. He, he's got to... Are we making his picks? Oh, he sent... Did he send you the picks? He's sending the picks. Oh. So there's no Steve's video. Oh. So th there's no way for us to know beforehand what he's... Oh. Well, this is going to get really interesting then. Okay. Well. All right. No, no Steve's video. That's a little different, Ant, but you know what? It's still yeah, lock it up. It is lock it up. It's still the same, and it's super wild card edition of lock it up. And playoff energy. Yeah, playoff energy. I mean, and it was so energetic. You put on different 49ers gear, and I went full George Kittle. Yeah, well, we're doing this uh, a little bit off the cuff. It's a little bit separate of the previous show. Two oh. parts put together Oh, about connection. Well, it's all about connection, and it's all about, uh, you know, keeping everything in, in one full motion, and the Niners are looking to stay connected and, and take care of business. But let's start first with this Bengals-Raiders matchup. Uh, this this first Saturday game that's on the docket. Um, this is going to be a, an intense game. You have a team in the Bengals who's been rolling pretty high when all their pieces have been out there. Um, Joe Burrow's been playing really, really solid football for the Bengals as well. And you have the Raiders coming off a very emotional win, Ant. A very emotional win. They just had a big, big win against the Chargers to get into the playoffs, although in theory they were technically kind of already in. Uh, they just had to not lose. So look, uh, this is going to be very interesting. Um, where are you going with this football game? Do you believe the Raiders are going to stay hot and beat this Bengals team, Ant, or the Bengals, uh, who have won who won the division for the first time in, God, I don't even know how many years it's been, are they going to be the ones taking care of the Raiders on Sunday, on Saturday, technically? 
Well, I mean, here here's one of the interesting things where you have two teams with the same record, both ten and seven. Uh, both teams are pretty good. They do have a matchup where they played each other, and the Bengals won thirty to thirteen. True. A seventeen point victory is 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 pretty impressive. Um, I think that the Raiders are playing better football though than at that time. I think the Bengals, you know, have some question marks, but also they have one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league. Joe Burrow is, seems like has been hitting his stride at an all time high here at the end of the season. Accurate. Um, and I I don't think that the Raiders have enough experience you know, to dispel or overcome, you know, the, the rookie mistakes that Burrow and them are going to have. I don't think it's like one of those things where like, oh, this team's so veteran, um, they're going to have the advantage because Derek Carr doesn't have as much experience in the playoffs as a lot of the other teams that are within the AFC. So I do think that this is going to be a close game, but I think the Bengals are going to get it done 27 to 23. 27-23, good score, Ant. Cutback crew also going with the Bengals. The Azorian one. Going with the Raiders in this one, Ant. Yeah, that's big. Going with the rivals across the base. So there's the first difference. And me, myself, and, and I are going with the Bengals as well. I have a very similar thought process as you. Um, two inexperienced quarterbacks. I'm going to go with the better of the two. Um, I'm going to go with the team that, that has more talent at the wide receiver position. I get it. You know, Zay Jones has been playing very well. Uh, Hunter Renfro has been playing phenomenal all season long. And, and Derek Carr seems to be in rhythm with him. But the talented, more talented wide receiving core and weapons is on the Bengals side. You have the more talented quarterback um, who's got, I feel, a lot more approved than Derek Carr does. Um, Derek Carr kind of is who he is at this point. He has his his strengths. He has his flaws, his weaknesses. Joe Burrow, you still don't necessarily know who he is, and this is a moment where he could thrive. I think he does. I think the Bengals' defense does enough. Uh, and I think you get a, a win, maybe not similar because it is the playoffs um, to, to earlier in the season, but you get the Bengals scoring 34 points, and, and you get the Raiders scoring about 27. And it is what it is, a 34-27 win for the Bengals. Um, and that's what I got. That's what I got on this matchup. But that's not the only game on Saturday, Ant. There is another game because it's Super Wild Card Weekend. There's, that means there's tons of games on Saturday. And the next one is the Bills and the Patriots. This is a very interesting matchup because you got Bill Belichick, Ant, who is connoisseur of just chaos in the playoffs and, and just a hard guy to prep for. And you get the Bills, who have a very talented roster and, and one of the best quarterbacks in the playoffs and Josh Allen. Um, where are you going with this football game? Yeah, I think this is interesting because anytime you're going against Bill, Bill Belichick, um, it just makes things complicated. You have the Buffalo Bills who early on in the season looked like maybe they were the best team in the NFL. Yes. It looked like they were going to roll. And then at some point they started taking a dive. And then it was New England that all of a sudden they were coming up and they were the best team in the AFC. Um, and then now, now they've kind of slid. And now the Bills have reasserted themselves as the number one team in the AFC East. But you never know when you're going to have divisional you know, rivals play in a game and you're going to be playing in Buffalo. The cold is going to be there. Um, so I, I don't know. You've got you know people telling Josh Allen he should take Viagra to stimulate blood flow before this game so he doesn't get too cold. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, everything about this scares me you know, for the Bills because of Bill Belichick. However, I do think that Josh Allen is just going to get it done. When it comes down to it, when all things are played out, I'm going to go with the better quarterback in this situation. And so I'm going to go with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be a close game, but I think I'm winning 24-17. Look, I think that is fair. I think that's accurate, Ant. Um, look, this is going to be a this is going to be a tough game. Um, these teams play each other throughout the year. These coaches are very familiar with each other. You know each other's strengths. You know each other's weaknesses. And typically, in a game like this, I would go with the quarterback play. But I think there's a a a, a big disparaging difference between both teams and how they play. Number one, the Patriots run the football. Number two, the Bills just don't run the football at all, unless it's Josh Allen running the football. Right. Um, and I think that has to count for something. And I think in this specific game, 
because of how drastically differences the different the offenses is, are, I think it does. Um, and I think it actually plays to Bill Belichick's strength here. And I think it plays to this this defensive strength, which has some good cornerback play, can get after the pass rusher. Um, and any attempt to run the football is going to be just null and void anyway. And I think that ends up boding, boding well for Mac Jones, who I don't think he's going to have to do a whole lot in this football game. I think they're going to be able to get the run game going. I think they're going to have success there. The Bills have been susceptible against the run. They lost the Jacksonville Jaguars because they were able to get the run game going with Trevor Lawrence not playing good football. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, definitely more talented quarterback than Mac Jones, um, but he has limitations. And against Jacksonville, all you need to do is stop the run, not let James Robinson go off, and they couldn't. I think this doesn't bode well in their favor for that reason, Ant, is they have struggled at times. And so I'm going to actually go with the Patriots, 20-17. Uh, to 17. That's going to be a close game. I think they, they're able to do enough. And I think Mac Jones just doesn't have to do a whole lot. I think he throws 12 to 15 passes, just doesn't make a mistake, and it's enough. He manages the game, and, and Bill Belichick and his defense does the work. I think that could be the case. But Steve's is going with the Bills, and he's with you as well as the cutback crew who went 84% with the Buffalo Bills. And by the way, uh, I, I'm from a technically split household, I guess, as a, as a 49ers fan. Megan, as you all know, is a Patriots fan. Even Megan is taking the bills in this game, and she has no faith in Mac Jones. She is done with Mac Jones. She, she thinks he's been playing like nothing but hot garbage. And when I asked her, because she's like, well, who did you pick? You took, the, you took the bills, I'm assuming. I was like, actually, no, I'm going with the Patriots. She's like, that's silly. I would have taken the bills. And I was like, what? 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 She has no faith in Mac Jones. I think she's just happy that the team's in the in the playoffs. I don't think she thought, as a Patriots fan, that they were going to see that this year, especially going away from Cam, going with her young rookie. But look, I, I have faith in Bill Belichick. Um, that's where my faith is riding with this game because it, it ain't it sure is sure is shooting ain't riding in the arm of Noodle Mac Jones. That's no. that's for sure. Um, no, and and we'll we'll see what happens in this game. But I think you're right. I think it's going to be close. It's probably going to come down to the last possession. Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. You never bet against Bill Belichick. Um, but you know you you've never seen Bill Belichick win a playoff game without Tom Brady either. Accurate and Josh Allen is one one hell of a quarterback, man. He really I mean, is. He is a special yeah. talent, and it, it's a lot different when you're going up against special talents on the other side of the football when it's Bill Bell, even when Bill Belichick's coaching. Uh, next up, Chiefs Steelers, and a game that not a lot of people are excited for. Big Ben, I guess, is excited for. He's got one last ride and one last dance. Uh, look, I'm going to go first in this matchup, only because I don't think there's a chance in the world that the Steelers are going to be able to pull this out. Now, listen, we, we had the Madden simulation. We saw the ticker at the bottom, Ant, that saw the Steelers upsetting the Chiefs in the first round. You saw it. I saw it. They had a 38-31 score prediction in the Madden sim where Ben Roethlisberger throws two picks and 186 yards and one touchdown, and Najee Harris rushes for three tutties. That is their only hope. Is Najee Harris going off? And I don't see a world in which that is possible. In fact, and I have this going the other way, Big Ben throwing a touchdown late in this football game as kind of like his sending off into the into the sunset as he goes off to a glorious retirement in his family uh, because there's no way in heck the, the, the Steelers are going to be able to keep this thing close. In fact, I got this thing 38-17 Kansas City. Yeah, I have a really similar score, and I have the same thing happening. I think that it's going to be 34-10, to and then Big Ben is going to you know get a touchdown towards the end of the game, uh, kind of a swan song, and they, the Kansas City Chiefs win the game 34-17. I don't think I have much question about this one. I think Kansas City is just a better football team. Steelers backed into the playoffs. Um, really didn't deserve to be there, but um, well, they get their opportunity. Let's see what they can do with it. But ultimately, I think Kansas City rolls. 
Uh, I agree with you there. Ant and Steve's also agrees going with the Kansas City Chiefs as well as the cutback crew at 72% going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, look, I think this is kind of a no-brainer. Um, if Kansas City doesn't win, it will be one of the craziest things that happens on wild. I don't think there's anything crazier that could happen than the Steelers no, beating the Kansas City Chiefs on wildcard. That would be the wild, the biggest upset. I think the, the second biggest upset would be Eagles over Bucks. Agreed with you on that. And speaking of Eagles, Bucks, Ant, that's where we're going next. We're going Eagles, Buccaneers. You just said it, Ant. This would be crazy. This would be a crazy upset. The Eagles were able to pull this off against the Buccaneers. Bucks injured to to H E double hockey sticks and back. Distractions abound with A B. Bruce Arians probably already boozing Ant because he's sick of all the the drama and the nonsense. Is Tom terrific gonna be enough? against Jalen Hurts and this Eagles defense and this Eagles front? I think the Eagles' only hope is this run game. Um, I think Nick Sirianni needs to get this run game going. Kenny Gainwell needs to get yards. Maybe Miles Sanders is back. Who knows? Um, those are the opportunities that they're going to have. Because if not, and this defensive line is able just to go after Jalen Hurts, I don't care how athletic he is. Um, he's not Michael Vick, and this isn't Green Bay. Uh, this is not going to be a good matchup for him. I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get after him early, and I believe they really stymie this Eagles offense. I think Tom Brady feels comfortable with like a 24 to 10 lead. Eagles score late, but to no avail, no time left. Tom Brady kneels on it. 24-17 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like that. I like that score, Ant. Um, I don't see any way the Eagles are coming away with a win here. I think even if you get the run game going, um, it comes down to you being able to stop Tom enough. And we've already seen these two teams. Um, differences right now are, are, you know, the Eagles... Well, the Eagles are injured in the running back room, which is where their strength has been the second half of the season. And and the Bucks have been kind of injured all over the place. Now they are going to probably get some of these guys back, so they won't be as banged up. Um, so that's good for them, and and potentially Leonard Fournette back as well, which should help the offense in the run game. Um, but I think Tom Brady's going to be able to do enough football game. I think they're going to be able to slow down the run game enough. Uh, they still got the pieces up front with their D line. That's still going to be a problem. Um, the only time any teams have really had success against the uh, the Bucks and is if you've been able to slow down their run game, number one, but number two, be able to run the football effectively on them or be the, the New Orleans Saints. That's that's about it. If you're not one of those things, you're not. You have it's been really hard to have success against this Bucks team, and I just don't see the the Eagles being able to do it enough consistently. And so I think I got this thing going 31, 31 to thirteen for the Bucks. Um, not looking good for them. And a Steve's also going with the Bucks. The cutback crew ant. Funny enough, nobody cared enough to vote. So the Bucks sitting at 69% ant. Uh, also, cutback crew. Nice. Uh, but 69% ant uh, with like, I think, a third of the votes of every other poll. Uh, no no one wanted to vote in this game. Yeah, you don't need to watch this game. You can hop over back to the 49 yards cutback and watch all the great content that we put out um, Friday and Saturday. So get caught up on that. That'll prepare you for the 49ers game. That's going to be coming up directly after this game you know at 1 30 p.m true um so no reason to watch this game watch 49ers cutback content yeah just go back and watch the game plan video again for the second time get really really involved in in into this game but now and we're gonna we're gonna skip forward in time skipping forward in time to we gotta save the best for last to monday night we gotta save the best for last which is obviously the niners cowboys and not the rams arizona game even though that should be a, a fun game but monday monday night Two teams playing at a distinct disadvantage of playing late in the week and yeah. having a short week turn, to turn around into. Rams, Arizona Cardinals, where are you going with this football game, Ant? Does Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury shake off the second-half blues 
and and stun the Rams at SoFi Stadium for the second consecutive week they lose a, another football game or are the Rams going to essentially, you know, exercise some demons from last week and and completely take control of the series because this is now this will now be the third time that they're facing off this year. Oh, the Rams aren't playing the San Francisco 49ers. They're playing the Arizona Cardinals. Also true. If they're playing the 49ers, you could chalk this up to a loss. Um that's not the case right now. The way that the Rams played in this football game, they could a uh, football game against the Niners, they could have beat a lot of teams. Accurate. Probably, you know, 31 other football teams. They were playing intense. They were executing at a high level. Matthew Stafford was hitting his spots. Um, it was an impressive first half performance. The problem is there's two halves in a game, and uh, Cliff Kingsbury knows that better than anyone. There's two halves of a season, and that's where he struggles the most. Him and Kyler Murray have not proven they can win in the playoffs. Uh, Sean McVay's been in the playoffs. A lot of this core group for the Rams has been in the playoffs. Matthew Stafford, yeah, he hasn't won in the playoffs, um, but I think him being able to lean on these other teammates that he has and on Sean McVay and the way that they were playing, they were football playoff ready last week. Arizona wasn't. They went in there and they lost to Seattle. So I think when it comes down to it, the Rams have the home advantage. They have a little bit of advantage with players. I think their defensive line is too much. Aaron Donald once again with three sacks against Arizona. I think he does duplicates his performance, and the Rams get it done 30-27. to 27. I think the only difference this time around is that you have an actual <clears throat> healthy O-line for the Arizona Cardinals for the most part. Um, I think they're going to be able to do enough. I think they're going to be a nice tandem in the backfield. However, by enough, I mean enough to keep the game close and for them to stay in the game and be relevant in the game. I think no D-hop hurts. I think that allows Jalen Ramsey to have success to be able to shut down one side of the field or whatever person he ends up having to guard, whether that's Zach Ertz, which they showed, they'll put him on a tight end. They did it last week against the 49ers. Uh, but I think this ends up being a high-scoring affair because I think you have two teams with a lot of firepower and weapons offensively who are going to be pulling out all the stops because they feel like a, a first-round exit for either one of them would be a failed season. And so you can't afford it. And so you're going to have fireworks, and Fireworks all over the place. The NFL is going to love every second of it, but you're going to end up with a 42-41 Rams victory at home, eking this thing out against this Arizona Cardinals team. Who knows, maybe even a late drive to secure it in SoFi goes crazy and, and gets their, their glorious moment of, of win. And they get to kind of enjoy an NFC West division crown by beating the Cardinals at home when they had to celebrate winning the NFC West, losing to the 49ers last week. Who knows? But they get a little bit of a, of a moment, Ant. But what did the Steves go with? Uh, Steves is also going with the Rams. I, I think everyone's going with a clean sweep on this. Oh, TCC, however, um, going with Arizona. Curveball from the cutback. Well, I, think, I mean, they did split, so this is one of those games that's toss-up. You don't get a big advantage there from the voting. True. Um, so I think they're split down the middle on, on what's going to happen there. I think Maybe a little bit of a prisoner of the moment because they just saw the Rams lose to the 49ers. Um, but I think everyone needs to remember they pushed the 49ers to the absolute brink Overtime. Of, of you know being out of the playoffs. The 49ers had to get it done in crunch time, and they did. Um, but I, I think that the Rams are a good football team, and I wouldn't even be surprised if something happens and the, the 49ers aren't playing the Rams in round two or if the 49ers are playing the Rams in the NFC Championship. Could be the case, and uh, nothing is guaranteed, and wild card weekend is going to be crazy. And we're going to pick the last game, which is also the tiebreaker, which actually based on how everyone's kind of picked, the only tiebreaker scenario at the moment would be me and the Steves. Yes. Uh, because I picked the Patriots. He went with the Bills. He went with the Raiders. I went with the Bengals. You cannot tie. Nope. So we could come out of Saturday with an Ant Season 2 lock it up victory. We could also come out of Saturday with an Alex Season 2 yeah. lock it up victory. Or it could be a coming out with Alex and a Steves tied coming out of Saturday and a tiebreaker being a implemented it in place and it would come down to this game right here 49ers at the cowboys super wild card weekend and sunday 1 30 p.m at at&t stadium 
49ers going up against a hated rival and foe in the Dallas Cowboys. What do you think? What's going on here? Well, Estes first off went with the 49ers. He of did. Course. What, was the, what was the score? 31-24. Okay. Um, he's not. He's definitely not going with the Cowboys. His dad's a Cowboys fan. That's never going to happen. Yeah. No. Um. So he he's going Niners. He he's in a house divided for sure. Hey, question. Yeah. What's uh What's negative Dave going with? Uh, I'm I'm guessing he's going Cowboys. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Um. And as far as I'm going, I I mean I, I haven't been shy about this all year. Uh, I've been picking 49ers every single week. I will never go against the 49ers. I don't care if I had to lose lock it up, which, you know, was going to be. Not the case. Yeah. Oh, maybe not. Um, At least it doesn't come down to that for Alex. I'm really glad that it doesn't come down to that, at least for me and you. Uh, You and Steve's, it could come down to points, but it's also winning, right? So um, as long as that happens, we're okay. We want the 49ers to win. We want them to advance in the playoffs. Uh, All the rest of it is secondary. But I do think the Niners can establish a run game against the Dallas Cowboys. I think they could take advantage of the intermediate passing game with Jimmy Garoppolo. The concepts that Kyle Shanahan has been executing, I think, will be a problem for Dan Quinn's scheme. I think Dan Quinn will try to, at some point, go to man coverage, uh, but to no avail. The, what Kyle Shanahan will do to adjust off that with mesh concepts and running out of the bunch, um, not only with the run game, with the pass game, will be too much. George Kittle's going to have his best game in the last four or five weeks, and I believe that the 49ers are going to get it done against the Dallas Cowboys. And I picked the same score as the Steves, 31-24. It's an impressive score, Ant, um, and I get it. I mean, I understand why you went with that score. I want something very similar, actually extremely close to you guys. Um, and it's also going to be the 49ers because how could it not be anything else? Yeah. I completely have faith in this run game. I have faith in this defense in D'Amico Ryan's uh, the secondary. I know people are worried about the secondary and the cornerback room and, and just the questions around that. I don't because you got your whiskey tart. You're going to have uh, Jimmy Ward. You, get, you got your two over the top safeties. You can give help when you need to give help. I have faith that we're going to get this done. I got faith Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to sling this thing when he needs to, um, and that Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell in the run game are going to absolutely light this thing up and open it up. B.A., I expect to have a big week as well. Um, I already predicted. My wild, that's bold, right? The Yak Bros going off and 325 yards, uh, 325 yards and a couple of tutties. So, listen, I got faith in the offense. I got faith in the defense. I got faith in my boys. 30-20 to 20, San Francisco which means tiebreaker is going to come down to the thinnest of wires if it comes to that for me and yeah. Steve's. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't even know how we figured that out. That's a completely... Hold on a second. Horse, how did you... Oh, of course, Horse is going to pick the Niners. How did he... Yeah, right. of course. Well, Comeback crew, though, like 96% in. I, I love that. And and we know that the 4% were Cowboys fans. Absolutely. Um, Every single one of the 40... Well, if you look at our comment section, for sure. um, The 49er fans are all behind this team. Uh, Matthew Raleigh said it perfectly. You know, in the in the season, you can kind of criticize your team. You can be um, can you know go at them a little bit, but when it comes to the playoffs, everyone gets behind them. We know that's what's going to happen. Everyone got behind the 49ers in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, took over the stadium. Um, get lo- get get ready, AT and T. They're coming for you. All right, 49ers oh, fans are coming, are coming for you in a big way. Um, I'm excited about. it. I'm curious to see how much red is there, but I know we're all going to be there in spirit. We're all going to be rooting for our 49ers. Our 49ers are going to get it done against the Dallas Cowboys. And John Chapman apparently put a, a gold rush road trip to, yeah, rush to AT&T. Podcast, yeah. They put a, they put one together last minute. So if you're down there, grab some tickets and head over to that because that'll be a lot. Yeah, of fun. you can go to um, what is it? Uh, Roadrush.com, I believe it is. 49ers rush. Ru- 49ers rush road trip. I think it is. I think that's there what it is. is. Um, Dot com. And yeah, then, head yeah. over there, and yeah, they're going to be doing some stuff next to the stadium the Saturday night before from like six to nine. Um, but there's going to be a lot of other 49ers personalities down there. Go check it out if you're in the area. You know, if you got tickets, get down there, make your voices heard. Um, try to help this 49ers team win. Uh, we're all in it together at this point. We're all faithful. Uh, so I'm excited about this game. I'm excited about the the rivalry renewing. 
It brings back a lot of memories for me. I know it brings back some memories for you. Not not the same kind of memories yeah. that you have, but memories. I mean, I'll be honest. As far as playoffs go, um, a lot of the 49ers versus Cowboys memories are miserable for me because I was born after the catch. It's true. Uh, so it, the, I seen the, the 90s. You know, 94 was a big deal for me. And, you know, I brought this up in one of the other episodes. When Steve Young is running around the field, I was kind of doing one of those victory laps as well. You know, it's just... It was finally. There's a lot of Cowboys fans around here in California, and, and so the, it's a, it's a big game, and this is going to be a big game for the 49ers. I think more so for the fans, uh, but as far as the players on the field, of course they want to win. I don't know if you saw it, Alex, but Debo Samuel, when Jawan Jennings won, went down to his knees. Yes. Um, you can see how much this means to these football players. I don't think it matters about all the talk in the media. Um, you know who's getting. Uh, oh, we're going to have billboard much. None of that matters because the 49ers want it so much that none of that matters. No, I mean, Debo Samuel's reaction when I saw that 49ers 48 hours, I was like, dude, I feel you because I felt the same way. When Debo Samuel, when, when Juwan Jennings caught that touchdown, it was it was like a weight being lifted and you yeah. just felt that, like you just wanted to fall down and just be like, we still in this like we, we got this 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 is our moment we can seize this we can take advantage in of that it. moment did you think they were going to win yes 100 percent. i know i did too as soon as he caught that i was like this this we're winning this football game. yeah we are winning this football game i wasn't sure ant if we were going to force a turnover uh if they were, the rams were going to get aggressive to try and make up for being unaggressive and allowing the tie and we were going to get a turnover and win it there but I, I I thought no matter what, at the end of this football game, the Niners are going to the playoffs. I honestly thought we were going to get the ball, jam it down the throat, and score a touchdown. That's what I thought. Um, in overtime, that's yeah, exactly. What I, I, thought. I thought that's where we were. Especially going Especially once it. we started moving, we had the first third down. The, the first third down conversion. I looked at Megan. I said, "They're just going a touchdown on this drive. This thing is done. Yeah. It's over right now. We're going to end this thing." Um, yeah. A little disappointed that we kicked the field goal, but hey, I'll you, take I think you know what works out of those. You get the great Ombre Thomas moment. Correct. Um, and, and I think that that's really cool. And so it was great. Yeah, it, it was. And I think a touchdown would have been great too, but Absolutely. I really, I really liked the game. It was exciting. I'm looking forward to more magical moments. And that's what you get when you're in the playoffs. Uh, you want to have a ticket to the dance. They have it. Now let's see what they can make out of it. Uh, when the 49ers are there, usually great things happen. Our playoff experiences lately, um, they haven't been early exits. They've been, you know, teams that have taken it to the, to the championship games, exactly. uh, you know, tw- you know, 2011, 2012, um, getting all the way there, 2013 as well, getting you know all the all way, way to the NFC Championship. Yeah, getting game. there, um, and then then 2019, getting all the way to the Super Bowl. So, uh, we, we're used to deep runs in the playoffs. Let's see if the 49ers can make another one. I want it, Ant. Let's let's see if we if we can have it, Ant. And uh, I would I would also prefer a lock it up championship, but we'll see what happens. I'm not going to take a lock it up championship over the 49ers winning this wild card game. Absolutely not under either. no under no circumstances. But I w- I would like. To wear the, the locking up championship belt just just once. Yeah, I mean, just it, one time. I, I think you know someone's gonna win it. I mean, everyone had a good season. It's true. Uh, Steve's pushed. Uh, Steve's pushed really hard. Dude, super hard. Um, he he had some great picks, and uh, this is gonna come down to the wire. But I think this is the best way to decide it. Wild card weekend, six games. This was this was the only way. Man. It was the only way. It was the it. only way, especially yeah. after we found out everything that you know that happened, the mistakes being made. <laughs> um, all of that fun stuff. Yeah. Once that happened, it was just kind of like there's only one solution that gives everyone an equal opportunity, and that's this. And you know, it, barring something crazy happening and and we finishing, you know, somehow as Steve's and I finishing tied, um, there is going to be a champion this week and lock it up. And uh, man, what better way than you know this first ever super wild card weekend, super lock it up? It just makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, we're gonna know on Saturday. Um, if you know, if for some reason the the Bengals and the Bills do it, then I'll be victorious. Sure. Um, if if it's the if it's the Raiders and the Bills, then uh, Steve's will be victorious. Accurate. And then if it's the Bengals and the Patriots, you'll be victorious. 
and then if for some odd reason it's, it's the Raiders, Raiders Pats. Um, it's going to come down to points on Sunday with the 49ers game. <laughs> Not to do. So, and listen, it's what anything could happen. Anything can happen. Anything yeah. could happen. So stay tuned for every game. Stay tuned for you know still what's good with Jay in the Bay after this. Yeah. Know your opponent. All 22 film and and an absolutely incredible game plan video on Saturday. Yeah, game plan video is going to be fantastic. Make sure you check it out. It'll get you started and and jump started on this. 49ers versus Dallas Cowboys game, but yeah, try to take in all the content because it's uh it's all building to that game plan video. All the things that are going on today, whether it's the key matchups that you just saw in this episode, um, you know, Jay and the Bay's five big things, and then uh, the all twenty two film that we break down and know your opponent, it leads into what we're gonna say for that you know that game plan video, and ultimately how Kyle Shanahan, how D'Amico Ryan's plan on attacking the Dallas Cowboys. All important. We'll see you for all of it. We'll catch you on what's good with Jay and the Bay, and until that time, cut back crew and faithful. Stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers way.